Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Floodgate Games. Hello, Ruel. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? I am doing A-OK. This is our 24th episode. Six months in. Unbelievable. It's it's crazy. Like It seems just like yesterday we did the first episode, but at the same time, you know, because time has no meaning, it seems like we've been doing this forever. You know what it's, I mean? It really does. I mean, half a year of our lives. Half a year of our lives. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, that's mind-blowing when you think about it that way. We only get it, so many it, years, it, and I've spent half yeah. of one of them with you. Yeah, and it's it's been nothing but the best time for me. I can honestly say it. I, I love coming on here every week and just hanging out, talking games, and giving away games, and uh, all, all the good things. As do I, as do I. Let's then talk about a game. Shall we? Yeah. What do you got on uh, your table there? I'm glad you cool. asked. Uh, right. Let's go on ahead and switch to the overhead camera. This is Vivid Memories, previously known as Vivid, but I believe uh, during the when it was on Kickstarter, they actually changed the name probably because there's some other game, game uh, Vivid. So Vivid Memories, and this is a fantastic abstract, you know, uh, 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 puzzle game, kind of in the realm of Azul, but. I, I, I know you've played Azul. Everybody's played Azul. And Azul has a brilliant design, but it's also designed to be very much a gateway-style game, very easy to teach, you know, really low overhead. Imagine Azul, Ruel, but a gamer's Azul mm. with lots of interesting special powers and, and extra stuff that, you know, makes this a much richer, deeper simulation. Now, what is it? Uh, thematically, what we're doing is we are trying to bring back vivid memories from our childhood. And that's represented by these very, very cool little, um, I don't know what you call these, uh, Bakelite or what? what? What, what is this type of thing made of? I always thought it was Bakelite, or uh, I'm not acrylic, but yeah, Bakelite-style plastic, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're, they're cool, they're fun, and what we're doing is we're drafting them from a series of memory cards, and um, there's some interesting rules about how you can grab all of a given color, or you can grab all different colors, and once you do, if you take the last from a memory, like say, I'm going to grab this, and then I can move over to the next one, I can move over here and get the other green, or I could say, hey, I'm going to get different stuff and get a whole bunch of these, depending on what I was trying to grab. But once you get these, you have to plug them literally into your brain, and you are trying to make certain patterns appear here. You're also trying to make um, um, chains of memories that will connect to the outside to score points. But the important thing is, once you clear one of these vivid memories out, this becomes yours. You have to fulfill this memory. Because by default, I remembered, oh, yeah, I mean, I was going skiing. But what I remember myself as, I was on a rocket ship. And so you have to say, well, this is what I did, but this is recapturing that lost spirit of youth of the vivid memory and you do that by again fulfilling the requirements on this but here's the interesting thing after we're doing all the drafting we have a series of actions we can do to manipulate the memories in our brain and um, by default we have these ones you know convert stuff and other stuff move stuff around swap stuff but once we grab these we have to cover up our original powers and replace them with different powers and sometimes those new powers we get are nowhere near as good as the old powers and so now a power that's really important to me is blocked by 
by this, so I need to fulfill this memory as quick as I can so it gets back off the board so I can get this. It's a really clever game. Um, so much stuff going on. Very, very deep. And uh, yo, and a wonderful presentation. All the art, if I recall correctly, I think it's Andrew Bosley art. And yeah. um, you know, the, you know, all these things of you know, being a happy... Oop, uh, let me fix my focus. I should have done that before we started filming. You know, oh, I was just out riding the bike. But nope, this is what I really imagined myself doing. Or, yeah, I was flying a, a cool dragon kite, but oh no, you better believe I was, uh, you know, dealing with real dragons. The uh, the theme here, it is an abstract game, much like Azul, but uh, to me, the theme really makes it. But although, even if, if it was totally, th- you know, theme-free, the gameplay is what's really sharp. If you sat, said, hey, do you want to play Azul or Vivid Memories? It would be this. This game scratches uh, my wife's and my super hardcore gamer itch in a really, really great way. And uh, it's what's on the table. And why is it on the table, Ruel? You might be asking yourself. Uh, because yeah. uh, the sponsor of the week, Floodgate Games, is going to be giving a copy of this away uh, to one lucky winner. How did they win? How do they win? So, friends, during the show, at some point, we're going to be saying a secret word. And that secret word, whatever game we're talking about, that that moment, you need to type in the the name of the game that we're talking about and send it into a in an email to contest at rotto.com right. and the the game that we're talking about. So the secret word for this episode, one of us is gonna say it. Yep. Is bomb. bomb. B-O-M-B. Bomb. Sort of like uh the old song, you drop the bomb on me, or you know I was gonna say someone is going to set us up the bomb, quite frankly. Because uh, right. that... we're both old and we only have <laughs> references from twenty years or more ago. Because <laughs> we do not know what the kids are saying these days. Exactly. Do the kids say that that is the bomb? Do they still say that? I imagine bomb, kids. Or... I, I, something being the bomb must be universal, right? Hopefully, yeah, if not, I, like I have lost would. all ability to keep my finger on any sort of pulse whatsoever. But as you say, one Same of here. us at one point during our top <clears throat> ten countdown will say the word bomb. And as Ruel said, when that happens, make a note. What game were we on? Were we on number seven? Or number three, whatever game it is, put that as a subject matter to contest at rotto.com. And a week from now, on what is it? On February tw- or January 25th, which is my wife's birthday, by the way. Well, oh. I got to work on that. But somebody else is going to be winning a copy on my <laughs> wife's birthday of uh, Vivid Memory. So that's kind of nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Your wife's birthday. Wow, that's that's cool. Yep. Um, and don't trick me into not, saying how old she is. I've fallen for that. No, don't. Past. That's yeah, not don't, don't, I'm not going to. No, no, <laughs> no way. Um, don't want to get in trouble. Yes. Um, yeah, so friends, again, listen for that word bomb. At some point during the show, we're going to say it and uh, type in the name of the game to, and send in an email to contest at rotto.com. You'll be entered into a contest to win your very own copy of Vivid Memories. Yes, uh, and good luck to everybody. But uh, yes. we've got our day job stuff out of the way we're giving away games we're showing games we're talking about great sponsors but i think what most people are here for well is to hear what 10 games are we going to talk about and what are they what's the subject the subject for this one this episode episode number 24 six months in is the top 10 remote playable games uh these are games that you can that we found that you can play easily over Zoom or Skype or whatever software you're using. Um, but you want to talk about the parameters we set? Because this yes. made it 
this was tough. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, you know, we talked about this before. We could have easily just done 10 rolling rights because rolling rights are perfect yes. for uh, remote play. Folks, there will so. be no rolling rights on this list. They're just yeah. too easy. Uh, consider number 11 on the list is any rolling right in history, including Yahtzee. Yep. You know, yeah. uh, because any of them will work. That's kind of the point. And we thought, well, yeah. that's just too easy. Let's not make a list of, of ten ro- or eight rolling rights and two other things. So we left yeah. rolling rights out. They're the unofficial number 11. And uh, so then the next thing we had to figure out is uh, what parameters we're going to put on. Because if we wanted to really make our life hard, we could do a thing where... Uh, well, the big choice we had to make was, does it work if only one player owns the game? And that was your gut reaction. You said, okay, we should only do... Yeah. And when and we started talking about that, we started looking at it, and I said, well, this is going to be a lot of party games. This is going to be yeah. a lot of werewolf clones or stuff like that. Exactly. Um, and so ultimately... And, and I mean, and that'd be fine. That would be a very good list, I'm sure. There's a, there's a lot of interesting games where, hey, only one person owns it, and yet somehow everybody can play. That's great. But ultimately... I want, at least me, I want to talk about games I really love. And so, yeah. this is a list of remote playable games that you can play with other people, provided everybody has a copy of, the, of their own copy of the game locally. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. So everyone has a copy of the game, and this is uh, it's easy enough to set up and play over just using a regular webcam. Like mm-hmm. that's another parameter. We yes. said none of this fancy. Like you know, those of us who create content, we've got the overhead cam, we've got mics, we got no. We're talking, yeah, like none of this. I mean, we we could do that. You know, if you had a webcam, you could set it up like that. That's fine. But we wanted to make sure that the games were still playable if you just had like a standard webcam and no lighting or stuff like yep, that. Yep, yeah, when I was making my list, I literally got my laptop, turned on the webcam, and tried to adjust the screen to say, okay, can you play this game? If I rotate the, ca- the screen down like this, can, you, can everybody see everything you need to see? Nope. Too much stuff. They can't see it. This game is off the list. Um, That's know, so. funny you said that. I did the exact same really? thing last night. And that's why I was up till past 1 a.m. last <laughs> night, folks, because there were Setting so many games, games I had that... Yeah, I, I honestly, I thought I had a bunch of games and I was like, they didn't work. I was like, this is not going to work. I was like, I thought they would have, but then I, you know, I, I narrowed down my list and you're going to see folks where we've got, uh, I'm sure we got some uh, uh, similar choices, but we, we shall see what we've got. On I'm the, curious uh, to see 10. what you have. I, you know, so yeah. this is our definitive list of 10. I've got five. You've got five. We have no overlaps. And, um, and remember... No rolling rights or or flipping rights for that matter. Uh, no yeah. random slat random and rights. We left all those off because that's just yep. so easy. Yeah, you only need one copy. Everybody else can just print out or you know. I mean, heck, just literally use graph paper or whatever it might be. That was too yeah. easy. Yeah. We want a little bit of a challenge. So exactly. that's it, folks. Those are the parameters. Uh, you'll have to let us know in the comments if we totally missed the uh, boat on this. <laughs> but are you ready to go, Ruel? Do you have R number ten um, in yep. mind? All right. So our number 10, folks, of the top 10 remote playable games is... Give a quick pause here. Yes. Here we go. Onitama. Okay. Um, Onitama. This is a two-player game. It's an abstract game in its heart. And as you'll see here, as uh, we bring up the link... There um, it is. There it is, yes. Onitama. Wow, it's seven years old. I thought it was a newer game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well... Wonderful game. It's a, basically, if you like chess but don't want to sit there for an hour burning your brain, this is like, a, um, I, I've always preferred this chess just because you have certain moves that you can do on your turn based on what random cards you draw at the start of the game. So set up, you're going to set up a different game every time. You're going to play a card or do a move with a piece 
and then you're going to remove that card or put it in the discard pile. You're going to take another card, and they they cycle through. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked this one for remote play because I've done this before. Um, it's super easy. All you have to do is uh, put your webcam on the board. As long as two players on the board, you can say, hey, move um, you know, my pawn, right. or I, I think they're priests or monks or whatever. Move my pawn from you know A1 to A2 or whatever. You can totally set that up. It's super easy. And the object of the game is, uh, like chess, you want to capture the main piece of your opponents. But there's a second way you can win as well. If you get your main monk or your priest or whatever it is, all the way to the other side, to the other side of your opponent's home base, basically, you win as well. So there's two ways to win. I've always enjoyed this game. Michelle and I love it. Um, well, obviously, we play in person. We don't play remotely. But <laughs> I've played remotely with friends, and um, it totally works. It's a fun game. Uh, maybe like a 15-minute game, but if you want that feeling of chess without having to you know, learn all the different moves and stuff, there it is, Onitama. Uh, that's, that's our number 10 top 10 remote playable games. An excellent choice. And actually, interestingly, I am seeing that people are making their own homebrewed versions of it and posting pictures of it on BoardGameGeek to make it even easier to play remotely. Now, I'm curious. You said you did play this remotely. Did um, both you and the other player, this is a two-player only game, um, did you both have a copy? Because I could see this one working with only one copy, uh, depending on how well you can set up your webcam, because it's it's such a small footprint game. It is, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, you could play it with both players, but yeah, I just play, I have the copy of the game, and me and my friend, I just, you know, labeled the little uh, squares, with, you know, A1, A2, then B2, B2, and it's like, okay, what do you want to move to? And then, you know, I show the cards, and, you know, here's what you can move. It's it's It totally worked. Fun game to play remotely. Obviously a fun game to play in real life as well. Yep. And with also, this game has a ton of really cool expansions. I mean, it just gets cooler yes. and cooler the more you go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Okay, so that was your... Hey. That was our number 10 our. on the list. Uh, Onitama. Okay, well, cool. Then let's move on to number 9, which is uh, near and dear to my heart, Tiny Towns. Oops, Tiny oh, yeah. Towns, not plural nice. singular tiny towns and uh, much like you i know how well this can be played remotely because gosh i think it's two years ago now uh something like that i got on facebook and uh, played this game with the crew from alderac entertainment aeg the publisher of yeah. it for almost for over a year i think every week aeg would get together with other people and just play a game of tiny towns over zoom and um yeah it works great uh, again this is a case where everybody really needs to have their own copies set up although the interesting thing is this is going to be a recurring motif in mine where possible i was trying to pick games that, yes everybody has to have a copy but the reality is that um if you were to buy just one copy and give half of the components to one of your friends then they've got everything they need you've got everything you need uh if you, uh, you know, uh, one player basically chooses what cards are set up that we're building towards um and so it's nice if other players can set that up for themselves remotely but you don't need to you can remind each other of that but if everybody has enough cubes and everybody has a little four by four grid and you know some simple things that represent buildings yeah you can play this game remotely and it works fantastically uh here's john the head of AEG who is just calling out bingo style the cubes that each of us would build in our own little 4x4 grid trying to make the perfect tiny town and I mean tiny towns is in my top 50 games of all time I absolutely love it to pieces there's multiple different ways to play it it's a great solo puzzle game as well but from personal hands-on experience I know just it, it works so well remotely that AEG and you can see we were just playing on zoom they didn't do any fancy special setup stuff at all and this was just uh, us playing and having 
having a good time chatting, talking about the making of the game and all that. And uh, for the record, uh, I won't say whether I won or lost, but they told me at the time I had the best score of any of their guest appearances at that time. So, oh, wow. That did nice. not put it on the list, but uh, but playing it uh, <laughs> remotely and having such a wonderful time. I've also played it remotely um, with uh, another contributor to the channel, Ryan Crichton of Knights Around a Table. He and I, uh, when I did my run through of the of the game, he and I faced off against each other, and this is really awesome. You can watch my run through of Ryan and I playing through a full game of Tiny Towns. Then you can go to his channel and watch his run through of the same thing, but. To- filmed from his perspective, where he, it's hilarious. It's one of the funniest board game videos of all time, as far as I'm concerned, because he really uh, amped up, you know, when he made mistakes, he he did a voice thought, you know, thoughts in his head, you know, voice overlays, and it's just awesome. So I have played Tiny Town more than once remotely. It has always worked fantastically. And again, if you don't want to buy two copies, you can buy one, split the components amongst your friends and family, and you can uh, you can get a lot of love out of this game. Number nine yes. on the list, Tiny Towns. Great choice. And, you know, I was wondering who else was on that. I also played with AEG. Oh, uh, did you? You that. were on their show, too? And I did, and no, I was terrible. I, I scored so I'm game. glad to hear that you did well. Yes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, we got crushed. I think... Um, Peter McPherson, the designer, was in our um, our call, and he just crushed us. <laughs> no, Actually, it was we... either Peter or no Josh Wood, uh, one of the like developers. Josh he, he Wood was, is a tiny town's monster. I can confirm that. He is. I can also he... confirm I got a higher score than Peter, the designer of the game. Wow, good for you, man. That's that. Yeah, feather in your cap, my friend. A wonderful game. You know, just a, a, one thing, real quick. You could actually play this with graph paper if you yes. really, you know, if you really want to. Just uh, graph paper. I think it's like a four by four grid. You just yep. draw the little uh, pieces that you that you pull there. Yeah. Again, go check out the run through that's on my channel. Just do a search for Rado Tiny Towns, and I think I even talk a little bit up front. Here's what you'll need to do if you want to play along with me and Ryan and see if you can beat our scores. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice choice. Okay, uh, so let's move on to our number eight game yes. uh, to play remotely. It is... What is it, Ralph? Kubitos. Kubitos. Mm-hmm. Speaking of AEG, mm-hmm. I had this is one of my favorite games of last year. I have not played it remotely, but you can totally play remotely. If everyone has a copy, all you need are you know access to the dice and one player. Everyone could set up the board as well, but you would just you know keep track of who's... Um, you know who's in the lead, who's moving, and because everyone's going to roll their own dice anyways simultaneously, right? So you just roll the dice, and then you tell you know, hey, I'm going to move this here. I'm going to buy this dice. I'm I'm going to you know move my little uh, Kubitos figure uh, on this side of the track and so forth. I just think it'll be a wonderful game. I mean, I love the game itself, but I think it would work uh, remotely um, as long as everyone has a copy because there's a ton, a ton of dice there. It's fun. It's uh, pretty easy to pick up, and I don't see why you wouldn't be able to play it remotely. I, that I, is I'm our inclined number... to agree. I think it would work because the interesting thing is, like I said, this is a race game at its heart. A lot of race games have a lot of player interaction. You're dropping oil slicks or shooting each right. other with harpoon guns or stuff like that. This is a very live and let live race. Everybody's just trying to do their personal best. So, you know, having one shared board 
uh, you know, you, you, I don't think you'd run into as many problems. Like, okay, how many steps are you away from me? Because I need to get into yep. position so I can shoot you and stuff like that. That's not the case. Right. I think the only overlap between players is you can't occupy the same space, although you can just drive right through each other. So yep. um, I don't think you'd have a lot of you know tri- uh, a lot of hard time keep track of where am I? Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm the cute little elephant. I'm the only one I can see where I am. I'm gonna move around here. And because um, right. you're right, I mean, the heart of the game is this wonderful uh, dice pool building, push your luck game that is. So so exactly. brilliant. I agree. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I was thinking too, uh, just because it is so easy to keep track of where you are on the track itself. You know, you just need, you, you honestly just need one person to do that. And then everyone has their pools of dice. And as long as they have the dice, then they're going to be able to, you know, build their uh, pool and roll and just let the main person know, hey, I'm going to move this way. I stop on that spot and so forth. And then, hey, I've won. And that, that, that's it. I think, it's, yeah, yeah it, it's such a great game. And I, I feel like it would be a fun one to play remotely. I, I agree. I, I yeah. I, I actually considered this one. Uh, it, 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 oh, did you? Yeah, it didn't quite make. Uh, you know, my it was it was one I thought about quite a bit, and mm-hmm. um, and I think when I was considering it, I wasn't thinking about oh, if multiple players have a copy, because one thing that would bother me is right. I didn't, I need to remember every time you set up the game, you get a different collection of cards that indicate what the different dice powers are, and I was thinking oh, yeah. that'd be really hard to see on one player's screen. Um, but then yeah. but, well, we're doing this thing where hey, if multiple people own the game, it's not going to be a problem at all, and yeah. uh, you know. And I think maybe I should have circled back around. Although if I had, then we'd have a, a conflict and we'd have an overlap. So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because, yeah, it is a, just such a great game. It is tied neck and neck as my favorite race game of all time. It's this and, uh, was it Race for Eldorado or Rolled for Eldorado from Reiner Canizio? Oh, Quest for Eldorado. Or Quest, thank you. Quest for Eldorado. Wonderful game. I think game. Cubitos probably eclipses Eldorado yeah. at this point. It's then, so good. And again, with... Uh... Well, yeah, with uh, Kubitos, you can play it remotely. I don't think you can play Quest remotely because it's deck building, so you need those cards, Yeah, exactly. That one would not... I mean, you could, but it would be a lot of work. It would be a lot of overhead. You would definitely have to set up special cameras and stuff like that. I mean, strictly speaking, any game can be played remotely. Uh, True. It's just a question of how much groundwork do you have to do. Hey, everybody, before the show continues, I just wanted to jump in because I totally forgot. I wanted to mention while we were talking about this topic, Long Distance Board Gamers, which is a channel on YouTube that I subscribe to that I really like. Uh, they do all kinds of stuff, unboxing, reviews, and whatnot. But one of their big things, they've covered a lot of games from the perspective of how to turn games into long distance experiences that you can play over Zoom or Skype or whatever. I mean, I'm talking big, heavy games, and they have lots of tips and tricks. So if you'd like to uh, have your eyes open for how you can do some long distance gaming that goes a lot deeper than what Ruel and I are talking about today, check them out. There's a link for them down in the show notes. You can hit that eye in the top right corner screen. Okay, let's get back to the countdown. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And uh, and also, by the way, folks, obviously, a lot of games can be played remotely via video games, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about things you can touch and feel. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I actually, yeah, and one of my cho- uh, a couple of my choices earlier, before we started doing the list, I was like, oh, we can, I can totally play this remotely. But then they have a, a digital adapt- adaptation. I'm like, 
then people would just play the digital game. Like, why even bother? Oh, with really? This? So, oh, so you you dismiss some because the the video game version that is available is so good already. Yeah. So That's okay, fair. here's one that you'll appreciate. I, I had on my list, and I've done this remotely. Castles of Burgundy. Oh, I sure. actually did. I, I did the physical version with my friend Daryl. We actually live streamed it. He had his board. I had mine. I, I did the shared board in the middle. But then I was like, well, I was going to put that on my list. But, you know, the Castle Burgundy app is fantastic. So it is really nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah maybe that's okay. another thing we have to do at some point. Top 10, you know, video game, board game adaptations. That's actually a really That'd good That would be topic. a good list. Uh, folks, yeah. let us know in the comments. Would you be interested in that? The one time I ever did video game content on the channel, I did my top 10 favorite video games. One of my worst performing top 10s of all time. So I oh, don't know really? if people want to hear, but I mean, you know, board game adapt, video game adaptations, board games, that could be a really interesting topic. There are so many amazing ones out there now. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, okay. that was number eight on the list, correct? So we're now That's moving on correct. to number seven, Calico. Oh, I love Calico so much. Yes. Calico is yes. so amazing. And honestly, I was shocked that I didn't find out that we were going to have any kind of overlap here. I figured for sure you were going to put Calico on your short list as well. This is a game of quilt making. And um, again, this is going to work best if everybody has their own copy. The only real overlap between players, though, is... Three simple tiles that everybody can see. Hey, for this round, we're drafting from these three tiles. And here's a few uh, cards that are set up showing here's what special objectives are set up in the game. It is child's play to put that information on a uh, you know on screen via Zoom or whatever without having to really do anything fancy so that everybody can play this game and because this is a this is a multiplayer solitaire game once you've picked a tile that you're going to try to put somewhere on your quilt to meet one of three different quilt demands to meet one of three different cat demands to um, try to get color matching demands there every choice you make is so laden with consequence I mean this is a game that just makes you the whole time saying I don't need to walk and the other groans of you know desperation is when somebody grabs that perfect tile you were hoping to grab. Um, yeah, I think this would work phenomenally well because there's very little information that has to be on screen. Provide everybody, yep. and this is another game, by the way, folks, that um, you could probably split up. Could you split? Up? No, I don't think you could split this one up because there's a finite number of each unique type of tile. And right. um, but yeah, so that wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, multiple copies of Calico makes this a must play. Uh, you know, I mean, and honestly, you, you can see the game when you're playing solo by yourself, it's so tiny. I, you could, instead of seeing each other's faces, we could see each other's boards and keep an eye on what everybody's doing too. I think this would work a treat. It's one yeah. of my favorite tile laying games of all time. Uh, just talking about it right now makes me want to play it. I would happily play it remotely with you uh, if Jen yeah. wasn't interested. So that is... Calico, thank you. Um, all right, number seven. <laughs> number Calico. seven. I, I, so confession, I have two games that didn't make my top ten. Okay, Tiny Towns and Calico. Wow, Those were just, just right outside. And I, I was hoping I figured you'd put Calico, but I'm glad that you also put uh, Tiny okay. Towns. All right, two awesome games. Awesome games. We are simpatico. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right, let's move six? on to our number six. Uh, number six um, is, <clears throat> excuse me, Karuba. Ooh, okay. Okay. 
You always got to sing that when I talk about Karuba. Karuba, <laughs> uh, this is similar to uh, Tiny Towns where it's a bingo style. So someone's going to be calling out, um, you know, numbered tiles. So you have 36 tiles and you have a map. And what you're trying to do is take your adventurers through the jungle or whatever to their uh, uh, temple, matching temple color. Um, so you want the yellow uh, or gold um, adventurer to get to the gold temple and so forth. And you're just laying out, the, these are randomly drawn. And um, you're just laying out the tiles as you can to make those paths now the tricky part is how do you move the adventurers i'm glad you asked ruel the way you move them <laughs> is you discard one of your tiles when it's called and the number of exits it has on a tile that's how many spaces you can move and if you land on a tile that has a gem or a gold piece you'll collect that those are worth points at the end if you get to um it's a, basically a race the first player to get to their temple will get, uh, get extra points. The next person will get points, but they'll be a little lower amount, and so forth. And you play until someone's either gotten to all their adventures to the temples, or you've run out of tiles at all 36. I've played this numerous times remotely. Oh, really? It is super easy. Yes, it's fantastic. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, if anyone's heard of Gen Can't, that is the online version of Gen Con, where people who can't make it to Gen Con, they gather rem uh, remotely, digitally to play games. We had a big game. It was Mega Karuba. Oh, so wow. one player, I believe it was T from uh, formerly of Ta of Haba, uh, they just you know called out numbers and we all played the same. There was like a hundred people playing. Wow. And then you know. Yeah, then the, whoever's the first person, hey, I got gold, take that one, take the bonus point off, and so forth. And then, you know, everyone was, um, you know, it, it was such a great time, and I've actually played this. Um, I've streamed it a couple of times as well. It works so awesome as a remote game. That's why it's our number six, Karuba. I'll be honest, I'm embarrassed. I totally forgot about this. I t it just oh, did you? Really slipped my mind. From Designer Rudiger Dorn, you know, one yes. of the OG modern, I mean, you know, Istanbul, Go, I mean, so many amazing games. And this is a fantastic game, too. And you are right. It is perfect for this. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, the, the bingo style, one person calls, everybody has to deal with that. Uh, it just, it's just, per it's, that's why Tiny Towns work so well. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. What was wrong with my brain? I'm glad you got that's it. Funny. I completely agree. That 100% deserves to be on this list. Number yeah. six. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, cool. then, let's move on, shall we, to number five. I think you're going to be pretty happy with this one. Number five, Ooh. Sagrada. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes indeed. Fantastic Oh, my game. goodness. This game is, is so great. And um, let me turn off those closed captions because you don't need to see it. This is a promotional video I found for it from uh, Floodgate Games. Oh, and by the way, folks, yes, I recognize Floodgate Games is the sponsor of this week's show, but Sagrada <laughs> would have made the list anyway, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, this is such an amazingly brilliant uh, and simple little dice drafting game. Again, with tons of beautiful, colorful dice. Every round, there's a certain number of dice that are out on display. We're going to take turns grabbing them and trying to assign them to our own little stained glass window that we're trying to create. Uh, very, very simple. And again, a game with very little common information that has to be spread out amongst players. Everybody can see, all right, these are the ones that are available. These are the special power cards that are on in this particular part of the game. I've got my own copy. I've got my own um, thing. I've got my own dice. I am ready to go. And it's just when my turn comes around, okay, what dice are still there? Okay, I'll take that one. And, uh, and then everybody can see that one's gone. So it'll work great. It's another one that I believe will work great if you only want to buy one copy and then spread around the components amongst your friends. I believe there are enough dice in this box that you could... 
uh, ensure that works for everybody. And it's it's beautiful. It's incredibly sharp and puzzly. Uh, and uh, yeah, I absolutely adore it. It's had a couple of expansions as well that really uh, up the ante and make it a lot more crunchy and more or less gateway. This is very much a gateway style game. You start putting the uh, the life and the passion expansions in, it really starts ramping up. And uh, yeah. I, I highly recommend number five, Sagrada. Yeah, Sagrada, it's a winner. Um, like you said, add those expansions, your brain starts melting because they, they <laughs> add a lot of stuff to it. And it's got a great solo game uh, mode as well. It's e- totally easy to play solo, but you're right, uh, remote, <laughs> super easy to implement, and just such a fantastic game. I, it's one of our family favorites as, as well. Excellent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, uh, so that's our number five. Let's move on to our number four, which I don't. I think you'll like this one. Yeah. Um, the Search for Planet X. Ah, of course. Yes. Jeez Louise. Yes. That I makes was, perfect sense. Right? This game was made... I feel like it was made for remote play because all you need is that score sheet. Um, so you are you and your fellow explorers are searching for the Planet X and it's a, a deduction game, which surprised me because I did not think I would like this. I'm not a deduction fan. I'm horrible at it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm horrible at this game, but I love it. <laughs> it's so well done. And... You can easily play it. I've played it uh, several times remotely. Uh, I was doing some stuff for Renegade when the game came out, and we actually did a live playthrough. I did not have a copy of the game at the time, but they just sent me the score sheet, and I could totally play along. It's got a really cool integrated app that will help you, uh, you know, give you the clues that you need. And using your power of deductions and reasoning, you're going to find out eventually where Planet X is. But the question is, can you do it before your uh, other uh, astronomers? Uh, Because maybe they've got some clues that uh, clue them in a little quicker than you. So it is a race to find it. It's such a wonderful game. I love the theme. Um, It is based on science. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, you know, based on actual science that uh, researchers have have done. Just a, a Great, great game and really easy to implement on remote play. That is the search for Planet X. I agree. I mean, you mentioned uh, this is basically a modern take on Mastermind, uh, and it uses the app so players don't have to give clues to each other. And one of the cool things is, hey, uh, yeah, we're playing remotely. Uh, You start up the game on the app. You give me a code. I put that in on mine, and our apps are synced up. Really nice, super simple, super smooth. And, uh, And, yeah, I mean, you talked about how this is based on real science. I would go so far as to say is, this game makes you feel like you are doing the exact same simple versions of the same yes. kind of thought processes that real um, you know astronomers have to go through to find planet X and you know and study the heavenly bodies. It is a yeah. brilliant design and I would say surprisingly thematic. It really pulls you into that world it, with the way your, your telescope is rotating and so you're pointing at different parts of the nighttime sky. Uh, yeah. yeah, good call. Now, yeah, strictly speaking. I, to uh-huh. keep track of what you're trying to do, you do write stuff down. Yeah. That's, I love that about this game. I actually do feel like a scientist. I'm like mm-hmm. taking, taking my notes. notes. Exactly. And then as you go around the board, you're going to have conferences. You have a peer review. You know, it's just the theme is 100% yeah. amazing. So well integrated. Yeah, love it. But I was just going to say, always... did you break our rules? But then I realized, wait a minute. There's no randomness here. 
this is not a roll or a flip and write. Right. Because, yeah. you know, when, when you start the game up and you fire up the app, the app decides mm-hmm. this is where all the celestial bodies are. And we are just using right. not social deduction, but logical deduction based on yes. what we've discovered, based on what we've seen our opponents do, and what questions they've asked to try and figure out, um, you know, where is Planet X? Brilliant choice. Yes. I am, again, embarrassed that that did not even occur to me because that's just about freaking perfect. Such a good game. Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing. I, you know, I love it so much, and it's really not a game that's in my wheelhouse, but that's why I was so impressed with it. Mm-hmm. I, it was probably one of my top three games of 2020. It was such a brilliant design. But that's our number four, folks, The Search for Planet X. Okay, okay. Well, then let's move on to number three on the list. Now, so far we've been talking about like fairly big games. I think this one's a little bit smaller. Maybe people haven't seen it as much, but this is another one of my favorite tile-laying games of all time. Number three is Subdivision. Right. Oh. Now, have you played this one? I wouldn't be surprised if you have. I have not. This, I'm curious to hear what you have yeah, to say about this it. This is from Bezier Games. This was the thematic sequel to um oh uh, uh oh gosh that suburbia was uh, su- suburbia suburbia which of course was a monster hit um yeah i didn't even think it could suburb would suburbia work well no i don't think suburbia would work well there's too much interplay between players but right, subdivision right. is taking the same basic idea of everybody is building their own little suburb or subdivision in this game and uh it's by doing tile laying there is a, a common group of tiles uh, there are, I'm sorry. Actually, no. It's not, it's not that there was a common group of tiles. It's that there is a die roll because um, you know this game at first glance almost feels a little bit more like you know the tile laying of Castles of Burgundy, trying to create you know the perfect hex, putting certain tiles next to other tiles so that you can trigger stuff, building roads between them and all that. But the entire game is driven every round by the roll of a die because the game comes. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, where at some point when I roll the thing, it comes with a big fat chunky die that is basically the planning permission we have for a given round that tells everybody what sections of our subdivision can we build in. Um, now, it is a bit tricky because there is tile drafting, and I think this wouldn't be one where you could share, uh, you know, because every, this has a, what do you call it? Um, it's. Seven Wonder style tile drafting. So I've got some tiles. I'm going to keep one of them. I'm going to give the rest to you. So that's a little bit more work than some of the other ones because you know, I'll, you know, at the end of my turn, I'll say, okay, I'm handing you three blues and a green. But it's as simple as that because this is not a game with, oh, where these are really complicated tiles. Okay, I, I took, I, uh, I, I used my yellow. I'm handing you three blues and a green. And she so say, okay, that's my hand on this turn. And then you have to tell the next person, okay, you got three reds and a yellow. And so there's a little bit you have to do every round, but that's okay because that's over very, very quickly. And then what happens is the you roll the die. The die tells you, sorry, this round you can only build in um, green spots. And what are you going to do? Now, what you can do is hemorrhage points to be able to ignore the public planning office and build wherever the heck you want to. And that is super duper painful to do. It's a brilliant game. I absolutely love everything about it. Uh, there's uh, objectives that everybody's kind of race for. And but again, you'll be able to see that. That's just you know shared information. There's this one little bit you have to do. But I can imagine it being a real pain to try to do uh, you know a Seven Wonders remotely. Because if I tell you, okay, I'm yeah. sending you a temple and a... And 
and uh, an aqueduct and a and a, a level two warrior. You'd have to wait. Where are all these? I have to find all these cards. But here, you right. just set it up. You've got a big old pile of. You can see all the tiles. There's simple colors and say, oh, okay. Do you just hand me? Okay, two blues and a green. This is my hand now. And so I was when I thought about it and I realized, oh, you could actually do a drafting style game, a Seven Wonders Sushi Go style drafting game remotely, really easy and simply. I got really excited about this. Now this is a bit iffy, but I am very confident that Subdivision would work wonderfully remotely. So it makes the number three slot. Wow. I've never played this game before. And just based on that, I I would totally try that. I think that's really cool that if you could do that, yep. you know, a drafting game remotely. I, that's, oh, that's so cool. Um, I feel like Subdivision sort of flown under the radar very for whatever much so. reason. I, right? I think the problem was um, that everybody loved suburbia suburbia was a monster hit and everybody's like oh my gosh this subdivision is going to be amazing suburbia too no it's not it's kind of thematically tied but it's such a radically different game the puzzle is so different that i think people were just kind of you know they 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 had certain expectations the game ended up being something else and it just never really caught fire which breaks my heart because it's uh such a brilliant game so tension-filled so many tough choices from start to finish and also not for nothing a ton of variety the last page of the rule book has i think like a half a dozen different variants you can play to really mix it up and do extra stuff i was just describing the base game but some Division is phenomenal. But what's number two on the list, Ruel? Okay, let's move on to our number two. Uh, it is yeah. coming up. Number two is Forgotten Waters. Um, this one mm. came out, I believe, last year. And I know this works remotely because I was able to play it remotely. We actually live streamed it with uh, Suzanne Sheldon, Mandy Hutchison, and Joe Sundow. Um, it is perfect. Or remote play. This is a uh, got a some worker placement to it. It's a pirate game, folks. Right. Uh, you are going out in Forgotten Waters, uh, adventurers. You're thinking Pirates of the Caribbean. Plays the three to seven players. This game plays so so well online because Plaid Hat Games made it a point to come out. So they had the it's a crossroads game. This is the one the system that was used for Dead of Winter. Right. Um, also the same designer, um, Isaac Vega, I, I believe, was a part of the development team here for Forgotten Waters. Let's confirm. But not only do they have the app that use it for the crossroads, they actually built a web app so you could play it remotely. And so it was geared for it. It's so good. It's got this awesome in-game narration so you really get into the theme of the game and it has a timer because there's this uh, for each little adventure you do you actually have a little real-time elements really interesting how they did this it's a worker placement game right but you know you know how you know for some co-op games you can totally get bogged down like talking okay we want to do this this and this no you start the time you got 40 seconds where are you going to play your player and what action are you going to do and the actions change from scenario to scenario it's so much fun and we had a blast playing it um, there's different scenarios. You're going to move on this uh, map here. You're going to you're going to eventually face you know other uh, ships and pirates. Yeah. So you're going to be facing those cannonballs. You don't want them to bomb you know your ship and stuff. So you got to be careful. Can you set yourself up to get past each little challenge? Um, it's so so good. I was really surprised about this. Now the game itself, it's not the most complex. No. I you know I compare it um, to Dead of Winter because it's got a similar um, uh, um, uh, system. I would say Dead of Winter is heavier than this one. This one's a little more on the light scale, but I think that's why I think that's why it works so well remotely because you can play this, you know, with friends or family who 
may not be the most hardcore gamers, but the theme, the, uh, you know what, you gotta, folks, if you can, go check out the online app and just listen to the narration. They hired like professional actors to do this stuff. It's so cool. And, you know, you see the character sheets there. That's all you need. You need a character sheet Everybody and you can tell the, yeah, the one can player can run the game. I remember they make these available. Totally so you download can just them. download them. You, I mean, yep. so just one person has to have the game. Yep. Yep. And you're going to level up and stuff. It's so much fun. It's a wonderful, wonderful game. That's why it's our number two on the list, Forgotten Waters. Good choice, good choice. I have to admit, I didn't really think about this one because officially it's a three-player minimum game. And in fact, I completely yes. ignored it when it first came out. The publisher did yeah. ultimately release two-player-specific rules that kind of tightened up the worker placement a little bit. And let you, I think you controlled yeah. multiple workers. And it worked okay, but there's no two ways about it. I mean, this is a game where you want to play with more people. Absolutely. The more, the better. Because that process of trying to figure out, okay, we've all got our strengths as different types of pirates. Who's going to do what to deal with this particular story chapter we find ourselves in? Really yeah. good choice. I, yeah. I like I would... it a lot. Yeah, the storytelling in this is really wonderful too. There's a lot of like humor in it and a lot of it just it's so well done uh from a storytelling perspective. And that's why I'm so hyped on it. Um we played four players. I could totally see this playing at seven just as well. Um and it, because of the web app that they've created, it makes it so easy. And that's why it's in our number two, folks. Let's get to our number one. Well, I love also that you were speaking from experience, that you've actually done that. Uh, speaking yeah. of, of playing games remotely from experience, the number one on the list, we will be putting this to the test tomorrow, folks. All number right. one is Savannah Park. <laughs> Uh, now, this is the uh, latest game from uh, the super design duo of Kramer and Kiesling, one of my favorite sets of designers in the world. And at its heart, this is, a, this is another one of those bingo-style games where every round, one player is going to pick one tile uh, from their board, which is full of tiles that have all kinds of different savanna animals, rhinoceroses, ostriches, elephants, giraffes, etc., etc. So I might call out, I t this round, everybody is moving their, um, oh what, their rhinoceros with a pond tile. That means everybody has to find wherever they've got their tile on their randomly generated board. Everybody's got a completely different layout. Pick that tile up, flip it over to be in the final spent state, and now put it in an empty space on their board. And the thing is, everybody's board is so radically different right from the get-go. I just described pretty much all the rules of the game, folks. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's so simple. <laughs> but the puzzle is so hard because when you pick up that rhino with a, with a pond, what you're trying to do is, okay, I need to put this in a place where ultimately I will be able to get as many rhinos next to this, adjacent to this, as possible. And that's going to be hard because if you put it in a place that's surrounded by giraffes, you've got to get all those giraffes out of the way before you can move new rhinos in. And when you're moving those giraffes out of the way to make room for your rhinos, you're trying to make a nice home for those giraffes so you can have a big group of giraffes surrounded by each other with lots of water as well. Because the, uh, it's, the, it's basically, when you, you get all your ostriches together, it's the number of ostriches times the number of watering holes they have access to is your ostrich score. And meanwhile, you're also having to bear in fact that there are places that are on fire. And some animals can survive adjacent to that fire, and other animals can't. And, of course, the trick... The trickiest thing is, some tiles have different animals on them. Okay, I'm going to do my double ostrich elephant tile. And so now, I need to put this in a place that'll work well with my ostrich clutch and my elephant clutch. Have I been able to work that out? No, it turns out, i got to put this thing off somewhere in no man's land because... 
I don't have a good spot for it. It's it's a super-duper simple game, and yet incredibly crunchy and deep. You're going to watch yeah. if you uh, check out the... On what day is it? It's going to be January 19th. Ruel and I are actually going to be streaming this live on Twitch, putting this to the test. And I've really put it to the test because my whole idea of, hey, take half of a game and give it to your friends, and then you can play remotely, that's exactly what we did. Uh, Ruel has yeah. half of my <laughs> personal copy of Savannah Park. I want it back. And... Um, we will be playing that live, and then at some point, I got to get down to Southern California and get that back. Um, but it's yep. uh, my wife and I, we have enjoyed this so much, and I expect we are going to have a blast, and you, the audience, can have a blast too. Uh, if it's if 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 it's past the 19th when you're watching this top 10 check the show notes down below or hit that eye in the top right corner screen. There will be a link that takes you directly to our remote gameplay section of number one on the list, Savannah Park. Yeah, I, I can't wait for tomorrow um, to play it. And I did do a solo run through. <laughs> it's so much crunchier than I thought it was. Oh my gosh. I, it's, it's like you said, it's super easy. The rules are so like you basically describe the game in like a minute and a half. <laughs> and it's super easy to pick up. But then as you're playing, it's like, oh no, I need to place, no, I need to place this here, there. And it, it never works out the way I wanted to. I, I love it, and I can't wait to play it. Uh, great choice for our number one, Savannah Park. All right, well, I'm very happy with that list. You had some excellent choices that, again, you, you did I, too, I'm so sir. glad you're yeah. here because it just would have slipped my mind. And how could I not put Karuba on this list? That was <laughs> fantastic, sir. But yes. job great done. Games. And audience, did you hear one of us say the word bomb? Did one of us set you up the bomb? If so, what game were we talking about? Once again, send an email to contest at with the name of the game in the subject. Not bomb in the subject, not contest in the subject. Uh, the name of the game specifically. And uh, we'll put you in uh, the drawing and maybe you'll get lucky and win a copy of the excellent, excellent Vivid Memories from our sponsor, Floodgate Games. And that's it. Oh, well, did we miss anything? Are, are we good to go? I think we're good to go. That was a great list. And, you know, like we said before at the start of this, it was a lot tougher to put this list together than I yeah. thought. So I'm I'm glad to see the titles that we came up with were all games, yeah, I would totally recommend. I, 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 I just love this image I have of you, you know, um, you know late at night, <laughs> you know, trying to, you know, lit only by the light of your laptop so as not to wake anybody up. Wait, we both did fit? it. That's the funny part. Fit? I love it. Cool. Yes. All right, well. Thanks, as always, for watching, folks. Thank you very much to Ruel for being the best co-host in the business. And also, thanks to our sponsor, Floodgate Games, for making the show possible. Have a good day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye